I'm with Megan Bumgartner. She is the Director of Economic Development for the City of Fishers. Always good to talk to you, Megan, but uh, we are in challenging times, are we not? Yes, that is very true. Good to talk to you as well, though. I wanted to to ask you about how how things have changed for you. I'm sure a lot of us, and you are one of them, had one way of uh, doing things, had your regular job two months ago, and could you ever have imagined what was facing you in the coming weeks? No, definitely not. Um, We we really kind of changed our entire model as a city um, to serve our business community and our residents when that first case of COVID popped up in Indiana. Um, And I think it was the day after that first case was identified, um, we jumped on a call with our business community and started this at least a weekly cadence of communication and resources and connecting directly with our business community. Um, And so we've tried to be that um, conveyor and convener of information and resources, um, trying to bring in experts and provide feedback on um, how to get everybody through this as much as we can. And um, thankfully, with Mayor Fadness being such a great leader and, and a visionary, um, he's—I mean—he's guided us through all of this. Um, so it has for sure had its challenges and its ups and downs. Um, We've been fortunate that we've still continued to have our kind of traditional economic development deals and work going on at the same time. Um, but this for sure is is kind of taking up all aspects of life right now. Yeah, and I want to talk about uh, the special program for small businesses. Before I do that, since you already broached that subject, uh, something I was going to ask later. With uh, the COVID-19 challenges, has that had any impact on your ongoing economic development projects, such as First Internet Bank, the hotel, all that going in across from City Hall and the section east of City Hall? Is everything on schedule there? Has all of this had any impact on that or any other ongoing projects in the city? No, um, we've been in constant communication with all of those big projects along 116th Street and everybody is moving forward. Um, the North Side project, they've been doing grading for it. So that's the CRG um, Browning project. So that's moving forward. Um, when I drove past uh, the first Internet Bank site today, I think the fourth story of the office building is up today. So. Um, we've been really encouraged to see how those projects are moving forward and not experiencing any sort of delays. Um, there were there have been a couple of projects um, that hadn't been announced yet that we've seen. Um, nobody has pulled the plug, but just kind of a press pause of let's get through this and see what it means for our company, for our growth plans. Um, so I, I think that's pretty standard throughout most communities right now. Um, but again, we've had these great wins and um, it's been, I can't believe it's almost been a month ago now um, where we had announced um, a couple of economic development expansion projects. So we were encouraged to be able to share good news with our community of um, we're all in this together, but here is some good news um, and some great job opportunities for our residents and our community. Well, it seems that the one project people are bemoaning on social media left and right is, is not a big one. It's kind of small in terms of the whole scheme of things, but it's Shake Shack. People are disappointed <laughs> that Shake Shack. I know. But Shake Shack, know. but Shake Shack has pulled the plug on everything nationwide. It had nothing to do with Fishers. Sorry, 
any indication from them as to whether that's just on hold or, or, or what, what the future may be, or is it still in, up in the air at this point? So every indication that we've received, and, and we've never worked directly with Shake Shack, it's always been through the developer Thompson Thrift at um, Fisher's District. So it sounds like um, everything like that is on pause. Um, we're hopeful that that comes back into play. Um, to your point, everybody was extremely excited when it was announced. Um, we do think it is a great addition to that development. Um, so we're hopeful that you know later this spring, early this summer, fall, um, once everybody kind of looks at what business plans look like and revenues, um, that this one will come back and be back on track. Let's get to what's uh, happening right now, because when the mayor announced his plans to um, uh, to deal with the coronavirus and the COVID-19 issue, the, a lot of attention was uh, turned to the health department, the coronavirus testing, which is understandable. But $500,000 did come out of reserves for a loan program. Uh, that loan program, uh, was, the application deadline uh, came and went this past weekend. And uh, I was able to sneak in for a few minutes of a meeting you were in earlier today, and uh, you indicated that things are moving very quickly. Just explain to us, once those applications were in, what happened after that in terms of this uh, loan program? Sure. Um, so the the one thing I'll kind of add as a caveat to that program is these funds did not come out of reserves. Um, these had been marked as kind of revenue that had been received from the city as a result of an economic development project. Um, a company we in one of our earliest economic development deals um, had stated that if a property owner refinanced or sold their property that um, the city's proportionate share of kind of the incentive into that building, we would then get that money back from um, the increased value from it. So we had that money. Um, again, it was nothing that's coming out of the reserve budget or taking away from other services. Um, we had earmarked it as a way for um, some additional economic development projects. So for us, it's the perfect source of money um, since it's not impacting other city services. So you're right. So um, Mayor Fadness announced, I think, on April 23rd, um, we quickly got the application turnaround and kind of the process set up and then opened um, the applications last Monday. Um, we had 93 applications come in and, and um, these were specifically loans for our small business community. So companies with less than 25 full-time employees, there was no limit on the part-time employees, um, but it really it was geared towards those industries and services and companies who had been um, directly impacted the most by um, COVID. So um, a lot of restaurants, retail, um, local service providers, um, hair salons, and companies that we knew had either been completely shut down and no way to generate any sort of revenue or significantly reduced and therefore would need some sort of additional help to get their to get themselves back up and running. Um, so from the time we closed the loan application at midnight on Saturday, um, it was a busy weekend for the economic development team uh, going through those applications, getting um, it ready for the review from our review committee. Um, 
and got those out to them. I believe we sent those out Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Um, had a meeting with them, a virtual meeting yesterday. Um, as everyone had reviewed all 93 applications, we asked them to score those applications. Um, we had some key criteria that we had laid out, um, and then we were able to quickly say, okay, it looks like we're all on the same page with these scores um, and the suggested loan amount. So um, the recommendation was giving, given to the Town Hall Building Corporation today, um, and we anticipate noticing um, or providing notice to those recipients this afternoon. So um, we're hopeful that um, I think we've got systems in place that we could really start providing these uh, much needed funds to companies within the next two to three days. So when you talk about small business, you're trying to identify that. I, I think it's a certain number of employees, but were you also allowing locally owned franchise businesses? Were they also eligible for this? We did allow them to apply, um, but honestly, I don't recall anything that was like a local Subway or Donato's or Domino's or anything like that that did apply. It really was a lot of non-franchise um, locations here in Fishers. Was there a theme like, was it mostly restaurants, nail salons, uh, maybe a privately owned uh, gym somewhere, or was it all over the place? Can you give us a feel for what, what types of, uh, you already mentioned that, could, uh, more of a feel as, as to who was applying? Sure. So it, I would say um, personal service, so hair salons, nail salons, um, eyebrow, uh, eyelashes, that was probably about 30%. Um, that kind of included like spas. Um, another 30% was most likely the, um, the restaurant and retail space. Um, and then, um, that last 40% really was a mix of gyms, um, and then local service providers. So, um, a couple of um, tech companies had applied whose revenue is directly tied to one of these really impacted industries. Um, a couple of people tied to the tourism industry um, and a lot tied to like conferences as well. So um, it was pretty profound um, because we provided these applicants the opportunity to kind of tell their story of here's, here's why I need this. Um, and to see, and again, we've been in constant communication and continue to hear stories from our businesses of the ways that they're struggling and trying to find unique ways to help them out. But um, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy times right now. And um, it's refreshing and rewarding to know that we're going to be able to help out. Um, it looks like we're going to have 73 applicants um, who will receive some loan funds from us. I'm glad you clarified one thing because, uh, you know, I, I, I did misspeak because I did read and hear that uh, that money that will be used for the loan program is not from reserves. So I think one question has come up in the community. I want you to, to address this, and you already kind of touched on it. Uh, had this loan program not been in place or, or created, be a little more specific as to how the city would have used those funds uh, had that had this not come up. 
Um, we really had no specific plans for it. We had thought of it as kind of like a deal closing fund, um, potentially looking at some broader community development projects. Um, so it, it was not, we are not taking away from anything that it was already allocated to, um, it was truly money for economic development that we did not know that purpose yet. Um, and I honestly cannot think of a better way for us to use these funds. So how many businesses of the 73 that were approved, how many got the full $15,000? Um, you know, I do not know that breakdown. So when we had our committee review it, um, we actually asked them to provide scores, but then also their suggested loan amount for those companies. So um, it was very few that had the full amount, um, but I think that there's, my hope is that um, none of the that we're offering to com- companies are insignificant in a way that I think um, it's going to be, especially looking, we ask people to include their um monthly expenses. So I think that for most of these companies, the amounts that we're providing are pretty close to a company's um, monthly expenses at this time. So we hope that that's what we're able to cover. Was there like a, and I know this is putting you on the spot, and if you don't know, that's okay, a normal range, like there was a range of, well, it was most of them were between six and 10,000. Do you have any feel for the normal range of how this money was passed out? I think our biggest, and I can take a peek real fast. Um, really, the biggest range is in the um, 10 to $7,500 range. Okay, very good. Uh, Talk a little bit about the people who made this decision. You have a committee, and I know that there are representatives uh, from the Chamber of Commerce, I think from City Council. Can you? I'm not sure how uh, if you're able to name all of them, but just give us a feel for who they are to the extent you can tell us and, and their background. Sure. So they were our president and vice president of our redevelopment commission, um, which is Dan Cannon and um, Tony Bonacuse. Um, the One Zone interim president, um, Jack Russell, a board member of One Zone, Sam Michelot, and then our finance chair committee um, for city council, which is John Weingart. So um, I, we mentioned during, I think, our broader press release that that's, we had this broad range of um, business leaders and Fishers residents, but then also very involved in um, our business community and Fishers. Um, I think we for sure want to be sensitive to them. Um, so I, I don't believe in our broader release um, that will specifically name them, um, but they've, I really appreciate all the insight and help that they were able to provide um, as we went through this process. And I think that, um, you know, going through 93 applications was uh, somewhat of a daunting task, but um, everybody was amazing and responsive and had really, really good feedback. Well, it's amazing because uh, in just a matter of a few days, you, your staff, and all these people on this committee who all have full-time jobs (laughs) reviewed 93 applications. I think you should be proud of that record. Yeah. it, again, very rewarding work, um, but nothing nothing with this has been um, 
we know that people need this money right now, and especially with the back on track plan that was rolled out last week, um, we have a, a roadway and a kind of a or a map of here's when we know our business community is going to start to open back up. We need to make sure that our money can help them in the way that we promised. Talk about how you envision this money being used. And I know that the mayor said when he made the announcement, as I understand it, this is intended as something that these smaller businesses can use as they ramp up over a several-week closure, which may not always be an easy thing to do. Uh, There are going to be some expenses that come up that wouldn't ordinarily come up because you don't ordinarily close for several weeks. So so talk about the, the types of expenses that you would envision these businesses using this loan money for. So it really is, um, we've left it as a broad range of, um, for some people it's about paying um, their rent, Um, for some people it's about paying their utilities, I think a lot of people it's about covering um, hourly wages and salaries while you wait for your revenue to jump back up. Um, For some of these service providers, um, they need to buy supplies and stock to be able to then provide their service back to their customers and their clients. Um, So I think it's a wide range of kind of typical operating expenses, um, but then also actual products and supplies to be able to get back up to full staffing. And, And I mean, with restaurants as well, that kind of falls within it of if they've completely closed down or significantly reduced their volume, um, you know, you've got to buy that food up front before your sales start coming in. So we wanted to leave it, um, open and flexible. And again, gave the applicants an opportunity to say what they would likely use this money for. And and the terms of the loan are interesting, but there are a lot of loan programs out there and the federal one has different rules. Some of the people who are getting those loans, particularly to pay employees will not have to pay that back. And this Fisher's program, as I understand it, is that people will be required to pay it back, but the terms are extremely generous. Could you explain those terms? Sure. Um, so we it is a um, low, <clears throat> excuse me, a low interest loan. So it's one percent. Um, the total loan term itself is forty-two months, so three and a half years. Um, but the first six months of that program of when somebody is awarded. Um, there's no payment and no interest for the first six months. So then it essentially is a three-year payback period. Um, And as we were looking at kind of the amortization of these loans um, and comparing those to the the total maximum amount of what do we think a small business could take on, um, you know, maybe $15,000 would be really helpful. But if that payback period... um, isn't feasible or is that really going to be helpful? So, um, I think that we're in a good position, um, with all of our applicants. Um, and then the, I think that was the other part of your question. Wasn't I'm sorry. No, you answered the question very well, just the terms. And, uh, I think the key to that to my, when I reviewed this, the key to me was that no payments are due for six months? That gives these businesses a chance to get some get a, a little uh, little funding under their feet just from the business revenue. For sure, and we um, we wanted to be mindful of that um, because again, we anticipate that there's going to be um, it's going to be a grind for these small businesses to get back up to some sort of similar capacity as we were pre COVID. 
Um, so we're hoping that that six month period allows them to, um, get some extra stability under their feet before they have to start making those payments. So we're recording this early in the afternoon on, on May the 8th. You just mentioned that uh, you'll be uh, you, uh, notifying the businesses of, of the loan approval and how much. Uh, do you get the honor of doing that? I'm sure that'll be, uh, that'll be a pleasant phone call. Yes, it will be me. Um, and so we were talking about um, kind of the best way to do that with social distancing um, requirements. And again, I think that we're hoping that with these loan recipients, this will be something that we can continue to support them um, and share their story and do follow-ups with them so that um, maybe it is just a phone call right now to let them know that they've been awarded this money. Um, but hopefully then we're able to meet in person um, and share some of that excitement together. Well, yeah, and then on the other hand, uh, you'll have to notify those that did not qualify for the loan. Well, you have to explain the reasons why. Yes. Yeah, um, and so we did talk about that as a review committee right now. Um, and again, to the to the point that I made earlier, that um, it was overwhelming in a good way at the response from it, but also re- overwhelming in the, man, there, we know and continue to hear these stories of um, businesses struggling, but um, there are people who are part of this loan program who unfortunately will not get the benefit of it. So um, I do not take that task lightly. Um, and again, I, I wish that there was a way that we could do it for everybody. Um, but we're hopeful that some of these other resources that we're going to be able to connect them back to um, that hopefully we're able to, to help them through this as well. Do you plan on publicly announcing the uh, amount the the, the uh, businesses receiving the loans and the amounts they were loaned? Um, I don't believe that our plan is to say how much each company receives, just announcing who the recipients are. Um, since again, there were so many different factors that went into why a company was awarded a certain amount versus how much they requested versus um, the size of the company. So. We're planning on just keeping that um, just within our document system. So I would uh, presume that uh, you will be expending the full $500,000 in this. Yes. Um, And as I shared with our town hall building corporation members, um, Duke Energy, their economic development team is taking some funds that they normally allocate to marketing resources, and they've actually very generously given us an additional $5,000. So we have $505,000 that, um, as of our 73 um, recipients right now, is completely taken. So um, I do think, though, with it being a low-interest loan, um, with that money coming back in, um, hopefully there's an opportunity for us to do, I don't know if it'll be something similar. It's, um, how we can continue to use these funds as a way to help our business community. So I think that once we get these 73 underway, um, that'll be kind of the next thing that we start thinking about. So did the extra $5,000 from Duke, uh, did that, uh, add more businesses you could approve or just add to the amount of money you spread out to the businesses? 
Um, no, it actually, when we were looking at it, um, it got us one additional business. Um, so that got us to our 73 versus 72, which was exciting. Well, uh, once this is done and this is all in place, uh, what what's next on your agenda? Um, we keep everybody keeps talking about it. Of my gosh, like going back to um, things non COVID related feels like a very foreign thing. Um, I think it goes back to just making sure that these connections that we've made with businesses who um, we might not have been connected with before. Um, that we continue to engage with our business community. Um, we've been doing these weekly calls with Mayor Fadness, um, and I think that we'll try and do something similar. Um, I don't know if once we're in the post-COVID era, if it'll be a weekly call, um, but I think that there's um, there there's been an incredible response from people knowing that you can jump on this call, you can text us your questions and hear directly from him. Um, that's been really, really impactful. So um, I think that that'll be something that we'll add to it. Um, then we'll have, you know, the first Internet Bank projects and um, a couple of the other big ones under construction right now. Um, and hopefully some deals that are um, still moving forward that we'll be able to celebrate and share um, later on this year. That's, that's interesting. So uh, based on what... You are, and you, you you are probably as close to the business community of the city of Fishers as as anyone. Uh, aside from the seventy three businesses approved, and of course, if you didn't get, but most most of a large percentage of these businesses ended up getting some money from this loan program. But more broadly, how is the business community doing in Fishers through all this? Um, I think. I think when you talk to anybody and everybody, even those who are um, fortunate and not having to lay people off or furlough employees, um, I don't know if there's anybody that you can say, yes, they are on top of it right now, doing better than ever. Um, I think the construction trade has actually done really well. Um, There's a couple of construction firms and contractors within the community who have said, Um, that they've had an incredible month as all of these projects have continued to move forward. Um, So I think those trades are doing well. Um, But I think um, medium to small businesses everywhere are really struggling and hurting. Um, I think that the additional funding that came through for the SBA PPP program um, I heard that people who weren't able to get through for the first round are now starting to get their funding come through from the second round. Um, so I think that that will hopefully help. Um, but I, again, I, I do know that it, it's not great out there. Um, on the flip side of that, though, it has been really, really inspiring and encouraging to see how our residents in Fishers have come around and supported a lot of these small businesses here. Um, and even the way that some of these small businesses and medium to large size businesses are giving back to first responders and hospitals and doctors and, um, our public safety officials and just trying to lift people's spirits. Um, it's, it's not been an easy time, but I do think it's been inspiring in some ways too. So, um, 
not to downplay or act like it hasn't been hard on everyone, um, and it has, but I do think that there have been some pretty incredible moments of um, the good side of humanity that have come out of this, too. Yes, if you spend any time on social media, you will find those stories. Yes. Uh, I, uh, one last question. I, uh, I know that the mayor has said, City officials plans on following the reopening guidelines that the, the governor has laid out. And with that in mind, is it tucked into that plan uh, is a requirement that businesses must have their own plan. I think it's called a health and safety plan in order to reopen. Is the city uh, involving itself in any way in helping businesses make sure they have that done? Yes. So yesterday's call, we had the IEDC, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, on there to talk about uh, the PPE, the personal protective equipment, small business marketplace that they opened up. Um, And we were able to talk to them a little bit more because it hasn't been addressed um, quite as specifically as I think some people have asked us about. Um, And he said that their back on track plan um, includes some templates and suggestions for it. But probably part of my goal over the next few days is to put some sort of basic template together that we can share with our business community um, so that everybody is aware that that is part of the requirement. Um, But again, I think that most business owners have been thinking about it really since they closed down or had to change their business model um, to say, how can I make sure that my employees are safe, they feel safe, and the same applies to our customers and clients who come into our facility. So um, I think just being here again as that resource, um, we have our business recovery center that as part of the um, recovery plan where Jordan and myself, Jordan for my team, she and I are having virtual calls and uh, video meetings with um, businesses to talk about some of these resources for kind of the financial side of the house. Um, And I think this will be a big part of what we discuss with those companies who have signed up so far. Well, I thank you for uh, providing me a little time and a very busy time for you. And I think I need to let you go so you can notify more of these businesses that their loans have been approved. Yes, hopefully it's a good Friday afternoon for those companies. Well, Megan, thank you again for your time. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Larry. Take care.